You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. We said. Greetings, Molly. Yes, greetings. Ah, ghosts. Wait, you're that pair of shoes I threw out last week. The ones that kept smelling like fish farts. We just had some bad bacteria in Oz. You could have used baking soda to stop the smell. Sorry, you two. It's just, you were all so kind of old and I'd gotten a new pair of red razzle-dazzle running sneakers, so... Silence! We've come with two important messages. Oh, my. We've seen what happens to stuff when it's thrown out. It doesn't just disappear. It remains on Earth, waiting to break down and become one with the planet again. Waiting a very long time. And some plastic things never break down. They just sit there. And they won't stop telling you about how long they've been sitting there. It's really annoying. Right? That old retainer would not stop yapping. Ugh. It's like we get it. You're from the 80s. People hated anchovies on pizzas back then. Whatever. Okay, but what does this have to do with me? Silence! I love doing that. You're really good at it. Thanks. The first message is you must help deal with the problem of too much trash. Me? What can I do? I'm just a girl with adorably curly hair and a plucky attitude. You must use your powers of podcasts to tell the world about what happens to trash and why we should try to throw away fewer things. To help you, you will be visited by three visions. One from the past. One from the present and one from the future. Heed them, hear them, learn from them. Okay, what was the second message? Oh, right. Mark says it was your turn to load the dishwasher. And you forgot! We accidentally stopped at his room first, and he told us to tell you that. Okay, I'll get right on it after I finish sleeping for the night. (sighs) Oh, it's morning. 
guess it was all a dream. Molly! You forgot to load the dishwasher, and now none of my cereal whisks are clean! You know I hate poorly mixed cereal! <gasps> or was it? You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Krisha from Shoreview, Minnesota. Hi, Krisha. Hey, Molly. Thanks for calling me up to do this episode on trash. Sorry to hear it was inspired by a weird dream. Those talking ghost shoes sound stressful. Yeah, but I figured, hey, it never hurts to think about the waste we're making every day and what happens to it. Plus, we've gotten some great questions on this topic, like this one. Hi, this is Mirabella. And I'm Cameron. And we were wondering, why do we have garbage? We recycle on compost, but also have garbage, and we're wondering why we have garbage in general. Also, do we have any new tools or technology that will help with having less garbage in the future? Epic curiosity right there. This question is so big, we decided to do two whole episodes on it. Yeah, this is part one. Part two will be out in a week. Krisha? So I'm wondering, do you help take out the trash at home? Yeah, sometimes I help carry it. And then we live in the apartment, so there's like a huge dumpster we have to carry the trash to. Mm. So sometimes I help with that. So it really gives you a good idea of all the trash your whole apartment building is making. Yeah. Do you ever stop and think about the trash that you're taking out there or the trash that's already in there? Yeah. So recently, ever since I got called here, I am very... Well, you could say excited about trash. I mean, like, I've been trying to do a lot more recycling. That's great. So what kind of stuff are you recycling more of these days? Paper, plastic wrappers, stuff like that. That's awesome. Are there any things that you reuse instead of just uh, recycling or throwing away? Sometimes I take toilet paper rolls and use them to make crafts. Oh, that's awesome. There's very useful, those toilet paper rolls. And uh, anything that you particularly like throw, like you feel like you throw away a lot of? Mostly like, you know, after you have like a party, there's these disposable trays, disposable spoons and stuff. Those we throw away a lot. Mm. Well, today we're going to see what happens to our trash and talk about ways to make less of it. Because there's a lot of garbage on the planet and it's becoming a problem. Yeah, according to the World Bank, humans make over 2 billion tons of trash every year. That's around the weight of 350 Great Pyramids or 5,500 Empire State Buildings. Yikes. And it doesn't disappear. Sure, we put it in bins and trucks pick it up. But from there, it just goes somewhere else. Some of it, like paper and banana peels, breaks down or decomposes. But plastic trash doesn't break down at all. By some estimates, more than 9 billion pounds of plastic have been made since 1950, and most of it is still around. Some of that plastic is recycled, but most of it isn't. It just gets buried or put in dumps. Or it ends up out in nature. So every year, our trash piles grow and grow while Earth stays the same size. That's why we need to find ways to make less trash and use materials that are better for the planet. Hmm, the ghost shoes were right. We should be talking about this. Molly, Krisha, I'm here to help with the episode, and I brought my new invention. What is it? It's a tiny projector 
that casts a 360-degree virtual image of the past. It, it makes you feel like you're time-traveling without having to leave your seat. Here, check it out. First up, the Age of Zero Waste. Whoa, are those dinosaurs? Yeah, we're in the late Triassic. No trash here, because trash is a human concept. Aw, look at those cute raptors. so small and so chompy. Yeah, I can project any time and turn it off with a click. I call it my Dylanero Timovision One-Rumatron-O-Matic. Wow, super cool. Molly, Sandon said it was a vision from the past, just like in your dream. Whoa, you're right. Now, let's take a jaunt through the history of trash, shall we? First stop, the dawn of garbage. Okay, here we go. When are we? This is several thousand years ago. You're looking at our ancient ancestors eating dinner around the fire. Ooh, is that a woolly mammoth? Looks delish. Oh no, someone dropped one of those really cool clay bowls. Yeah, happens all the time, even back then. We don't know a lot about the trash habits of our ancient relatives, but we do know that things like broken pottery couldn't easily be reused, so it would get left behind. So it became trash. Basically, yeah. The simplest answer to Mirabella and Cameron's question is that we have trash because some things we just don't know how to reuse. Like broken pottery bits. Exactly. But these early humans used most of the parts of the animals they killed. And they didn't make tons of stuff like we do now. Plus, most of the stuff they did make was biodegradable, meaning that over time it broke down and became part of the environment again. So trash wasn't really a thing. We're still a pretty clean species at this point. Delicious mammoth burgers and practically no trash? Sounds chill. Right? Things stayed pretty low-key on the trash front for quite some time. We eventually formed settlements and even cities. And yeah, these had more leftover scraps, like food bits or building materials. But it wasn't much compared to today. Because you see, for a long time, we had a very different relationship to our stuff. What do you mean? Well, let me show you. Let's head to the era of maximum reusage. Now, we're in Europe, the 17th century, out in the countryside. Ah, that fresh, fake virtual reality air. This is before electricity or radio or cars or microwavable burritos. And you certainly didn't have big stores or online shopping. So if you lived far from town, like this spot here, you'd rely on folks like Pete the Peddler. Downy! Oh, Pete here with my cart of wonders. It's carrying pots, pans, thimbles, pretty lace, fabric for a dress, tea kettles, funnels, pins, whatever you want, my cart's got it. Ain't that right, Horace? <laughs> wow. Pete's cart is filled to the brim with everything. Uh, yeah. Peddlers were basically walking malls. You could buy from them or trade. Trade? What could a guy like that possibly need? His poor horse is already dragging half a household. Well, for starters, peddlers would accept things like old metal or rubber 
or fabric. Oh, you got fabric. How about this candlestick for your tatters, huh? Or a shiny spoon? <laughs> you see, back then, almost everything was reused. I talked to Susan Strasser about that. She wrote a book called Waste and Want, A Social History of Trash. Here's how she put it. Since most things were everything, really, at one point were, was made by hand, people had an idea of how much labor went into making things. And so they valued every object in a way that is really hard for us to imagine now. So even worn-out items could have a second life. You'd sew patches on old clothes, turn the bones from dinner into knife handles or carve them into dominoes. And old metal or rubber you'd trade to people like Pete. Yep, and I take your copper bits and rubber scraps and what have yous and I sell them to the factories what made them. They melt it all down and they make something else. Even cloth had a second life. The main thing that happened with cloth was that it got made into paper. It used to be that paper was made mostly not from trees as most paper is now, but rather from cloth. And people collected their rags, paper factories ground them up, and used them to make paper. So there were all kinds of materials that these peddlers would take in and, yes, indeed, recycle, although the word recycle wasn't used then yet. Whoa, ye old recycling was done by Pete the Peddler. Oh, and Horace the Horse. Exactly. Uh, you there, in the funny clothes. How much for that glowy metal thing? Huh, me? You mean my dial-and-arrow timo-vision wonder-matronomatic? Sure, it's pretty. How much? Not for sale. I'll give you a jar of jelly. <gasps> a jar of jelly? Sold. Sandin, Pete is just a projection, and so is the jelly jar. None of this is real. Oh, right. But now I'm craving jelly. Uh, can you two wait here in the studio while I scamper off for a quick jelly and toast break? Sure thing. San Antimanica, San Antimanica. Please preheat the toaster to fiery furnace level. No, no, wait. Make that dragon's breath. Sandin likes it extra crispy. Over. Brains, brains, brains. While Sandin feeds his stomach, you and I can feed our ears with a delicious... Here it is. Okay, Krisha, what do you think? I feel like it's one of those things, I forgot what they're called, but they're like filled with, I think, rocks and gunpowder. And when you throw them, they make like a noise, kind of like that. So it sounds like somebody... Throwing them, like, multiple. Oh, those little, um, like, firecrackers? Uh, yeah. Is that, I think that's what they're called. No, I, I don't have know. a different name. I don't <laughs> but know. But those little, like, snap. They, like, snap on the ground. Yeah. Snap it. Pop it. Yeah. Very good guess. Well, we'll be back with the answer in just a bit. Do you have a question or a mystery sound to share? Or maybe a drawing of my weird shoe dream? Oh, I'd love to see that. Send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. That's where we got this question. My name's Elise. 
I'm from Canada, and my question is: Are yawns contagious to animals or just humans? We'll answer that at the end of the show. Plus, we'll call out the latest group to join the Brains Honor Roll. So keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Molly. And I'm Krisha. And I'm Sandin. And I just ate a six-pack of jelly toast in under two minutes. Woo! Okay, where were we? You were showing us the history of trash with your dial-a-time-o-thing-a-ma-do. And we just finished up with Pete the Peddler. Right, right, right. Okay, so people in the countryside, they had very little trash, even in the 17th century. Things were different in cities, of course. To really show you how trash in cities worked... Let's go to ground zero for garbage. New York City. I'm dialing up the era of, hey, just get it out of here. This is New York in the 17th century. Same time as old Pete, but a different location. Still not very modern. There's muddy streets. Buildings are only a few stories tall. People are walking to and fro. And once again, carts are super important. I spoke to another trash expert. His name is Stephen Corey and he's a historian at Columbia College, Chicago. He told me there were these people called cartmen. They would have cartmen, and cartmen are men, that literally pushed carts. Oh, I see one over there. He's pushing a giant wheelbarrow of stuff. Exactly. Now, big cities like this, as you can see, they did have garbage. There was animal poop on the street, old construction materials, ash. Yeah, I am very glad your VR doesn't include smell-o-vision. Right? Here's where the cartmen helped out. You see, the cartmen had a guild, basically a club or a union. And Stephen says their guild made a deal with the city. The city stops anyone who isn't in the guild from starting their own carting business. And in exchange, the cartmen will haul away street trash. So they might, you know, spend one part of the day moving things from, from the docks to a storage area or moving construction debris or, or baggage, and then they would collect garbage as well and take that to a dump. And the dump back then might be a swampy area outside of town, or even the ocean. Oh no, that's terrible for our fishy friends. Yeah, we know that now. But back then they saw it as a win, because all that trash would eventually fill in the watery area, and then you could pack it down so it's new land to build on. Cities were growing fast and they needed the space. In fact, some famous neighborhoods and cities today were once swampy dumping grounds. Let's move on. Let's visit the War on Rubbish. 
We're still in New York City, but this looks more advanced. Now there are trolleys, and I think I see a steamship. Still no cars. And is that a factory? Yeah, this is New York in the late 1800s. So about 200 years later than where we just were. Wow, it's even dirtier than before. There's animal poop and food scraps and old wood along the streets. Those cartmen are not doing their jobs. Yeah, so now we start to see trash really become a thing. Factories are popping up, making more stuff, people are buying more, and that means they're also throwing more away. Cleaning a city is too big a job for cartmen. So New York makes a bold hire. Tis I, Colonel George E. Waring, Jr., here to vanquish filth, terrorize trash, and put rubbish in its place. Huzzah! Whoa, who's that fancy man with the handlebar mustache? That is George Waring, former Civil War colonel, an engineer, and he is hired to deal with New York's garbage problem. And he does it with style. White wings! The street is an abomination! Let's pick and span it for the people, yes! Huzzah! Whoa, where'd that army of people come from? And why are they all dressed in white? Those are the White Wings. They're his army of street cleaners. He runs things like he did in his military days. But this time, the enemy is garbage. And yeah, all those white outfits seem strange. But I spoke to Marty Melosi, a retired professor with the University of Houston. And he said there was a reason. Now, that seems kind of weird because of the work they were doing. Obviously, you know, they were doing dirty work, but the whole idea was to identify these so-called white wings with cleanliness, with doctors, with butchers, you know, with dentists, with others that wore white uniforms. Wow, they sure are cleaning things up. The street looks better already. Under George Waring, New York was cleaner than it ever was before. Uh, he even developed a juvenile street league, which was made up of kids. And he gave them badges, they sang little songs, and they would roam the streets and tell people not to throw things in the streets. Actually, would write, write up a little report, so they were kind of little policemen in some respects. Clean up your trash, mister! Me? I, I don't have any trash. That collection of tangled metal and wires. It's clearly garbage. Get it out of here! Oh, I'll watch you with tickets. No, no, no that, that's not trash. That's my dial and arrow Timovision Wonder Matronomatic. It's the most amazing invention. The slide whistle is an amazing invention. That is trash. Get it out of here. Let's go, Molly and Krisha. I need to tweak the settings on my projections so they aren't so rude. Over time, more cities started hiring special teams to really tackle the trash problem. But collecting it was one thing. Putting it somewhere was another. A lot of cities put trash dumps near neighborhoods where people had less money or less political power, even though it was often the wealthiest people who bought the most stuff and made the most trash. That sounds super unfair. It is. Even when it comes to trash, we see that some people are treated differently than others. And the trash problem was about to get a lot worse. I'll tell you why right after I make these adjustments. Hold on. Okay, before we take any more rides through history, we've got some important business to wrap up. Let's get back to that mystery sound. Here it is one more time.
Okay, Krisha, did your ears pick up anything new that time? Maybe, you know, some, like, aluminum foil? Mm. It kind of sounded like that. Or it sounded like, you know when you spin something to a different setting and it makes that clicky sound? Mm. So some clicking, some crinkling, something like that. You ready for the answer? Sure. Here it is. Hello, my name is Evan, and the sound you just heard was me squishing an empty water bottle. Oh. Does that that sound familiar now that you know that? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a sound you hear every day, (laughs) but when you do use those empty water bottles, they're kind of fun to play with and make some sound. Yeah, that, that mystery sound is actually the perfect setup for our final stop. So did you fix your dial a time of majigarunimo? You mean the dial and era Timo Vision Wonder Matronomatic? Why is that so hard? Anyway, yes, I totally fixed it. It's ready. Let's dive into the era of plenty of plastic. Oh, where are we now? This is a suburb outside a city. The year is 1970. There are cars now, big, chunky TVs, telephones, but not cell phones. And we've suddenly got lots and lots of plastic. Can you spot any, Krisha? Yeah. Um, that girl is playing with a plastic toy, and that boy is drinking with a plastic straw, and that kiddie pool is plastic, and that woman's bracelet, and that man is eating out of a plastic bowl. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You got it. The point is, it's everywhere. Plastic was invented in the early 1900s, and it quickly started showing up in all kinds of products. By now, in the 1970s, it's such a part of daily life that you see it all over. But the big problem with plastics is... That it's too fantastic? Huh? Oh, hey, random 70s person. I hope I'm not interrupting. Don't mean to harsh your scene. It worked. She's much more polite than those other projections. It's just, I heard you talking about plastic and I had to butt in. Gee willikers, it does everything. You can make lightweight dishes out of it. You can wrap leftovers in it. It makes groovy chairs in all colors or nifty tables. I love it. Well, yeah, it does a lot, but there's a downside, too. You see... Oh, did I mention it's used in all kinds of life-changing inventions? Phones, plastic. Nylon parachutes, plastic. Plexiglass windows, plastic. It's even used in life-saving medical devices, like pacemakers that help the heart. It's just the most, right? Well, yeah, it, it really does a lot. And I guess it helped build the modern world and did a lot of good. But the problem is, it doesn't go away. Plastic doesn't break down. So all the stuff you just mentioned, it'll still be here, taking up space for generations to come. Jeepers creepers. I didn't know that. What about plastic recycling? Couldn't that help? Yeah, a a little. In the 1980s, plastic recycling started going mainstream. But we quickly learned it's a lot harder and more expensive to recycle plastic than it is to just make more. Today, only a fraction of our plastic gets reused, and most of it ends up going somewhere else with all the rest of our trash. Out of sight, out of mind. And we're back in the studio. Wow, that was quite a journey. It really was. And back to Cameron and Mirabella's question about why we have trash, part of it is that we as a society decided it's okay to just throw things away. 
instead of finding ways to fix what we have or reuse old things. The good news is we are working on new ways to make less trash. And we're even inventing special plastics that can break down and become part of the earth again. There's a whole Brains On episode all about plastics that talks about some of this stuff. So feel free to go check that out. We'll also have more on how we can tackle our trash problem in our next episode. Thanks for stopping by and showing us all this history, Sandin. Your new invention with the very long name is awesome. You mean the Dylan Era Timovision Wondermatronomatic? Yeah, I really should rename it. It was my pleasure. And, you know, the idea for this whole thing came to me after the scary dream I had. Wait, you had a scary trash dream? I think I had the same scary dream. Were there talking shoes? What? Talking shoes? No, no. My scary dream was that you did an episode, and I wasn't in it. Uh, could you imagine what my fans would think? <gasps> Speaking of which, I better go post some more selfies for the Sand Squad. Oh, and I think I should share my jelly toast recipe. The key is letting the bread turn black in the toaster. Okay, later. Bye. Bye, Sandin. Brains on. Molly, wasn't that weird how you had a dream that said you'd see a vision from the past and then you saw a vision from the past? So weird, but probably just a coincidence. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? Hear what? Meanwhile, in the Brains On Headquarters kitchen... It smells like something burned in here. Oh, well. Time to eat my mixed cereal. What was that? Mark! It's us! Oh, those flying ghost shoes from last night. Did you tell Molly she forgot about the dishes? We totally did. Can we have some of your cereal? Um, aren't you ghosts? And also, aren't you shoes? Do ghosts and shoes even eat cereal? Only one way to find out. Pour us a bowl. All right, here you go. Will Molly be visited by two more visions? Will she and Krisha finish telling the world about garbage? Will the ghost shoes be able to eat the cereal, or is it just falling through them onto the floor? It's definitely falling through them onto the floor. What a mess. Anyway, tune in next week for the thrilling conclusion to this look at the past, present, and future of trash. See you then. Humans have left behind things for thousands of years, but as our societies grew, so did our trash. For a long time, we reused most of the stuff we had, and the stuff we couldn't reuse was dumped away from settlements. But over time, we made more and more garbage, and the invention of plastic made it worse. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Sandin Totten, Manika Wilhelm, Ruby Guthrie, Mark Sanchez, and Molly Bloom. We had engineering help from Eric Romani. Special thanks to Eric Ringham, Stuart Bloom, Lulu Doucette, Vicki Kreckler, and Rosie DuPont. And we want to give a shout out to Christina Lopez, our dear friend who is moving on to an awesome new gig, and we will miss her so much. 
Before we go, it's time for the moment of um. Are yawns contagious to animals or just humans? That is an awesome question. And the answer is yes. There are animals that yawns are contagious in. Hi, I'm Zoe Rossman. I am a scientist who studies animal behavior. And specifically, I studied whether elephants yawn. A yawn that is spontaneous might be, you know, you wake up in the morning and one of the ways that you help wake yourself up is by yawning. And the difference between that and contagious yawning is contagious yawning doesn't happen without somebody else yawning. As of now, we know that baboons and chimpanzees and wolves and sheep and budgies and elephants will all yawn to other animals. And some animals, like dogs and chimpanzees, will actually yawn in response to humans. And it's really interesting because when we think about just spontaneous yawning, that's really, really common. Fish do it, some turtles do it, birds do it, mammals do it. But contagious yawning has only been seen in a few really highly social animals. We wanted to look at one, whether elephants yawned in response to other elephants yawning, and also whether elephants yawned in response to people they knew yawning. And so we used nighttime video cameras that were set up in an enclosure where the elephants slept, and we reviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours looking for yawns we had seven elephants that we were using in this experiment, and three of them actually yawned contagiously in response to people that they knew yawning at them. And we really think contagious yawning has some sort of social implications, even though we don't really know what those are. But, you know, there are animals like hippos that yawning is, is a sign of aggression. So they'll, like, do these really big yawns to sort of show other hippos who's boss. And so there definitely are other types of, of yawns and other ways that yawns are classified that aren't just the types of yawns that you and I would do. Um, um, um. I am wide awake and ready to read this list of names. It's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who share their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives with us. Caillou from Redmond, Washington, Isla from Aurora, Colorado, Aiden from Federal Way, Washington, Adora Bella from Leesville, Louisiana, Felix from Albuquerque, Meyer from Chico, California, Liliana from Chicago, Freddie from Portland, Oregon, Lila from Orlando, Florida, Morgan from Minneapolis, Caroline from Wimberley, Texas, Ben from Littleton, Colorado, Nicholas from California, Leah from Sydney, Australia, May from Montreal, Sophia from Barcelona, Spain, Odin from Muff, Ireland, Dalton from Athens, Georgia, Eliana from London, England, Brandon from Washougal, Washington, Jack from Virginia Beach, Whitaker from Nashville, Kyle from Calgary, Lily from Brisbane, Australia, Frankie from Mono, Ontario, Liam from Johannesburg, South Africa, Michael and Milo from San Francisco, William from Baltimore, Maryland, Arav from Herndon, Virginia, Christian from Fenton, Missouri, Afina from Yorba Linda, California, James from Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, Ava and Laurel from Onondaga, Ontario, Alejandro and Pablo from Albany, Oregon, Malaya from Honolulu, Hawaii, Eli from Oregon, Ellie from St. John, New Brunswick, Carolyn from Maitland, Florida, Ingrid and Oliver from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Hazel from Westford, Massachusetts, Abigail and Leah from Raymond, New Hampshire, Kaya from Princeton, New Jersey, Greta, Lucy and Natalie from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, Nora, Lincoln and Otto from Orlando, Florida, Carol from Danbury, New Hampshire, Emma Rose and Kathleen from Rome, Italy, Eamon from Milwaukee, Oregon, Helena from Graham, Washington, Stella from Quincy, Massachusetts, Ruby from Sunderland, England, Parker from Berryville, Virginia, Alice from 
from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Paisley Joe Zela and Scarlett from Greenville, South Carolina, Jared from Calgary, Alberta, Amelia from Colorado Springs, Patty from Thrums, British Columbia, Tate from Collinsville, Illinois, Rory from Downington, Pennsylvania, Alan from Fort Washington, Maryland, Carter from Sacramento, California, Arnav from Brampton, Ontario, Marco from Astoria, New York, Ben and Teddy from Toronto, Maple from Oklahoma City, Maya from West Vancouver, Isaac from Kamapala, Uganda, Sien and Oren from Calgary, Alberta, Maxim from Chino Hills, California, Kristen from Chicago, Isabella from Monument, Colorado, Calvin from Lake Worth, Florida, and Kai from Lake Forest, Illinois. We'll be back next week with part two in this series on garbage. Thanks for listening.